G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Are you influencing culture or is culture influencing you? Pastor Greg Laurie points out that Mary, the mother of Jesus, was devoted to God no matter what anyone thought or said. See, a lot of times we want to fit in, we don't want to stand out, we don't want to offend anybody, so we won't speak up for what is true and we'll compromise our faith. Well, Mary was not that person. Mary shows it's possible to live a holy life in an unholy place. This is the day when the lost are found. up against rubs off on you. How many of us have a pair of pants somewhere with a smudge or some paint on them because wet paint rubs off? Pastor Greg Laurie points out today that it's the same way with our culture. It can rub off on us. But here's the thing, we can also rub off on it. We decide which it is. Glad you're with us today for a new beginning. Pastor Greg Laurie is bringing us a holiday message with an interesting title, The Nobody in the Middle of Nowhere. We're looking at Luke chapter 1, and we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about that story of stories, the Christmas story. So let's reread that fantastic story that I never tire of, Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Now the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin, betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came to her and said, Hail, or greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. And then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and you will call his name Jesus. He will be great. He'll be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. In a reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, that Holy One who is born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who has been called barren. For with God nothing will be impossible. And I love Mary's response. Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. You know, Mary, what a special woman she was. More little girls have probably been named after her than any other woman who has lived in human history, and justly so. 
Mary was the only person present at both the birth of Christ and His crucifixion. She saw Jesus enter this world as her son and she saw Him leave as her Savior. Maybe the Lord chose her because He knew she would do what He asked her to do. Now here's something very important we don't want to miss. Where was Mary living when this angelic message came? She was living in the city of Nazareth. Nazareth was a wicked place. And that brings me to my first point. Mary lived a godly life in an ungodly place. Again, Mary lived a godly life in an ungodly place. Uh, Angels had been dispatched to wicked places before. They were sent to Sodom and Gomorrah and they got Lot and his family out. And uh, Sodom and Gomorrah were known for their sin and so was Nazareth. You know, certain cities have certain characteristics. Rome is called the eternal city. Paris is called the city of lights. New York is called the city that never sleeps. And Las Vegas is called what? Oh, you know all about that, don't you? Okay. Well, you could just as easily call Nazareth Sin City. It was known for its sin. You know, it's an interesting thing. It had a population of around 20,000 people. It was overrun by Roman soldiers because of a sort of a stopover point from one place to another. It was not a destination. It was a place that you rested in before you went to your destination. I like to think of Nazareth as sort of the Barstow of the Bible, right, you know? (laughs) But whatever you want to think about that, this was a place, how shall I put it delicately, where more than one girl would find herself pregnant because of the Roman soldiers and the young girls there. Uh, These soldiers would prey upon these young women. Nazareth was so wicked, that's why when uh, Nathanael was called by Jesus and was told that Jesus came from Nazareth, he said, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? That's why he would say it, like, are you kidding me? Nazareth? Nothing good has ever come out of Nazareth. That's where Mary lived when the angel came to her, and that's where the young Jesus grew up. But Mary shows it's possible to live a holy life in an unholy place. You know, here's a question to think about. Are you a thermostat or are you a thermometer? I have a Nest thermostat. You know what I'm talking about? That these little things that um, sort of think for themselves. And that's good and bad because, you know, the, the Nest thinks that I like my house at certain temperatures. And sometimes the Nest gets confused. Because the Nest thinks, you know, I think you really think it's awesome when it's 74 degrees at, you know, at three o'clock in the morning. I don't want it that warm. I like it cold when I go to sleep. So I set it at a certain temp and I come down, it's hot. What is this stupid thing doing? Then the other day, we have these smoke alarms and they're connected to the nest. And I didn't even know they were connected, but somehow they built a relationship with each other. (laughs) And all of a sudden the alarms go off and the nest, now the nest is in on it. And they're all blinking red, blinking red. The nest is blinking red. I didn't even know it could do that. And it's saying carbon monoxide in the air. And I'm like, look, there was nothing. And it was like, of course, three o'clock in the morning. (laughs) Mandatory for smoke alarms going off, right? There were three o'clock in the afternoon. So all of this craziness. So I did what any clear thinking person would do. I ripped these stupid things off the ceiling. (laughs) 
because they could not shut them up. And they're still going off. I put them under cushions. I can still hear them. They won't stop. So I took them out in the garage and I put them in my car and I shut the doors of the car and I could still, you know, still hear them. But anyway, that's my criticism of some tech. But um, a thermostat uh, controls the temperature. Where a thermometer simply reflects what the temperature is, uh, depending on the mercury rising or going down, and will tell you here's the temperature. Are you a thermostat or are you a thermometer? In other words, are you influencing culture or is culture influencing you? See, a lot of times we want to fit in. We don't want to stand out. We don't want to offend anybody. So we won't speak up for what is true and we'll compromise our faith. Well, Mary was not that person. She lived a godly life in an ungodly place. And also I might point out she was very young. Some commentators think she could have been as young as 15 years old, maybe 16. You know, I think sometimes people think, well, young people, they're always going to go out there and sow their wild oats and get themselves into trouble. That's the way it goes. Yeah, they do that. But young people can also come to Christ and be powerfully used by God to change the world. So that's a better alternative. Because uh, the Bible is filled with the stories of young people that made a difference. Mary's one, of course. Jeremiah was just a boy when the Lord called him to be a prophet to the nation. And he protested and said, Lord, I'm too young. Get somebody else. The Lord say, don't say you're too young. I've called you. And then, of course, we know that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were very young men when they took their principled stand for what was true. Stephen, uh, the first martyr of the church, was also a very young man. And that is why the Apostle Paul wrote to the very young Timothy in 1 Timothy 4.12, don't let anyone think less of you because you're young. But be an example to all believers in what you teach and the way you live and your love, your faith, and your purity. And Mary was a very young lady. Thanks for joining us today. You're listening to A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie from Harvest Ministries in California, USA. And he continues his study on what Mary's life can teach us about a proper focus on the Lord, especially in this holiday season. Mary was a nobody in a nothing town in the middle of nowhere. But God chose her to literally fulfill Bible prophecy because God uses nobodies to tell everybody about somebody. And look at Isaiah 7.14 tells us that she fulfilled scripture because the Bible says the Lord himself would give a sign and the virgin would conceive and bear a son and call his name Emmanuel. You know, you wonder, Mary was probably a great student of Scripture. That's certainly reflected in something we call the Magnificat, or the Psalm of Mary that I'll mention in a moment. But she knew the Word of God. You wonder if she ever thought, I think I'm going to be the fulfillment of that prophecy. I seriously doubt that. But indeed she was to be, and what an amazing thing that was. Because here was a young unknown girl living in a relatively unknown city who was going to bring about the most known event in human history. Mary was literally a fulfillment of a promise that God had made. And Christmas has a lot to do with promises. Going back to the very beginning. God promised Adam and Eve that a deliverer would come one day. God promised Isaiah that the virgin would conceive and give birth to the Savior. 
And God promised Mary she would give birth to that Savior. Evidently God wants us to know He keeps His promises. The angel even affirmed in verse 37, every promise of God will surely come true. And listen, God has made a lot of promises to you. And we need to take hold of those promises. I've said before, promises are a lot like gift cards that are left unclaimed. I don't know about you, but I get a few gift cards this time of year. I have to say that I have quite a few in and out gift cards. And thank you for those. If you gave me one, I think people think that all I do is eat at In-N-Out Burger and uh, Krispy Kreme Donuts because I use them as illustrations. And by the way, if you've given me one of those, thank you, but please don't give me any more. And I'll be honest, I've regifted a few of those cards. I hope you don't mind. Because I would be 400 pounds if I used them all. But uh, you know, I, I have these gift cards and sometimes I'll, I'll give them to someone else. And there's some gift cards that, you know, go, well, that was very nice, but I don't know if I'm ever going to go to this restaurant called Liver World. You know, it just doesn't appeal. But I don't get many like that. They're usually for great things and I'm appreciative of it. But sometimes I'll find a gift card like I did the other day to a place I like to go to and I forgot all about it. And I went, look, I have this gift card. Why didn't I use it? That's what the promises of God are like. They're just sitting here in the Bible. And we don't read the Bible so we don't know the promises or we read the promises and we don't believe the promises but we need to read it, believe it and start living these promises out. Christmas reminds us that God keeps His promises and He certainly kept it with Mary. And she was surprised and humbled that God would choose her. Look at verse 29. When she saw Him, this is Gabriel, she was troubled at this saying and wondered what kind of greeting this was. This word trouble could be translated disturbed, confused, and a failure to function. Listen, if Gabriel showed up in your front room, you would react the same way. She was probably just doing chores, maybe sweeping the floor, and all of a sudden, boom! There's Gabriel. You know, to have an angel show up is an awesome thing. But to have Gabriel show up is an even more awesome thing because Gabriel is a high-ranking angel that we read about in both the Old and the New Testament. So if Gabriel showed up, something big was about to come down, and indeed it was. And so she, she couldn't function, just stunned. She's standing there like, what, what is happening? Why is this angel here, and why is he saying this to me? I've done nothing to merit this, bringing me to my second point. Mary was honestly surprised that God had selected her and not someone else. She was honestly surprised that God had selected her, not someone else. She might have said, well, it's about time someone noticed my godly lifestyle and singled me out. No, she didn't think that at all. She was stunned that she would be given this privilege. And now look at what Gabriel says in verse 31. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus and he'll be great. And he'll be the son of the highest and the Lord God will give them the throne of his father David. And I love this. Mary agreed and said, I'm willing to do whatever God wants. Then Mary offers that Magnificat, as it's sometimes called, the Psalm of Mary. And in Luke 146, she says, My soul magnifies the Lord. How I rejoice in God my Savior. He took notice of this lowly servant girl. And now generation after generation will call me blessed for he the mighty one is holy and he has done great things for me. Bringing me to my third point, Mary obeyed and magnified God. 
She obeyed and magnified God. She could have said, I don't want to do this, Lord. Because she knew a lot of people were not going to believe what she was about to tell them. She lived in Nazareth, a city known for immorality, and she was now going to tell them, oh, yes, I'm pregnant, but it's not what you think. I'm the fulfillment of Bible prophecy. I'm the mother of the Messiah. Uh-huh. She knew that was going to happen. She knew she was going to have to live with that reputation. And here's what's challenging. If you've sought to be a godly girl, or for that point a godly guy, and you've tried to be moral and do what God wants you to do, and then you had the reputation of a girl that gets around town, if you will, a loose woman, that's a hard thing to have to bear when you've actually lived a life that's a very opposite of that. But she had to live that way for the rest of her life. But she obeyed and magnified God. I love how she magnified God. She gave God the glory. You know, God is not magnified in the Christmas season. We hear a lot about <laughs> Santa and Frosty and Rudolph and the Grinch and a lot of other characters that have been invented, but so little about Jesus. I went to a, a school play uh, done in a public school and they had songs about everything but Jesus. Not even a token song about him. And you know, all the great Christmas songs are the Christian songs, aren't they? Now, there's some others I like, I'll admit. I like White Christmas and some others, you know, but, but the best songs are the ones that were written by believers about the significance of the event. Hark the Herald Angels Sing, Silent Night, Joy to the World. These are the best ones. Uh, and of course, a lot of people want to marginalize or minimize Jesus, but Mary magnified Jesus. We're gaining some important encouragement today on A New Beginning from Pastor Greg Laurie's study based in Luke chapter 1. It's a message called The Nobody in the Middle of Nowhere. Well, next time, Pastor Greg brings us the conclusion of his presentation about the circumstances surrounding the birth of the Christ child. That's tomorrow, same time, right here for A New Beginning. Now, for a copy of today's full message, get in touch with Vision Christian Store. It was called The Nobody in the Middle of Nowhere. Just go to visionstore.org.au or call 1-800-00-5011. Station sponsor. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.